our text for today will be from Job chapter 5. And this uh, devotional is taken from a message by John Piper uh, several years ago. When we come together to pray for revival, we need examples of his goodness and power that give us hope that he can do this. And we need to come in worship, believing that the Lord will answer our prayers. So this is what we will do today to see an example of God's goodness and power that I trust will encourage our worshipful attitudes in prayer. And let's begin with prayer. Our Father, we thank thee for your goodness indeed, for bringing us together now. And Lord, we ask you to, by your Holy Spirit, open our hearts to your word and your truth. And uh, Lord, please overcome my weakness by your strength and encourage our hearts today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be reading from Job chapter 5, verses 8 to 10. Let us hear the word of God. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. This is Job chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Job trusts in God because God does great and powerful things. Then in the next verse, Job gives an example of one of the God's great things to encourage our trust in him. What kind of thing might Job list as evidence? Well, let's read verse 10. God who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields. Now, here's a question. If you were going to list for someone some of the great works of God in order to prove his power, you might include the Alps or the Grand Canyon or earthquakes and hurricanes and volcanoes, even thunder and lightning. But would you start with rain? Rain? Really? But that is what Job does here. Rain is, in fact, the one example that he gives from creation. Why does Job mention rain, of all things? Is rain a great thing, unsearchable and marvelous? So that's what we'll do today to attempt to answer that question. We'll look at rain to see, even if it's so small and normal, can it be an example of God's power? Throughout human history, people everywhere have depended upon crops to grow for their very existence. And for this to happen, there must be water on the fields, lots of water. Wells dug into the earth can never supply enough. The water must come from another source. From where? Well, the sky. The sky? Water will come out of the clear blue sky? Well, not exactly. Water will have to be picked up from the oceans, carried in the sky over hundreds of miles, and then be poured out from the sky onto the fields. Then you might say, wait a minute, just how is it carried? Well, that's a good question because of its weight. Let's calculate this. 
if one inch of rain falls on one square mile of farmland, that would be 27,878,000 cubic feet of water, which is 206,300,000 gallons of water. And that comes to 1,650,500,000 pounds of water. In metric, it is 789 million liters of water, which is 748 million kilograms of water. So that's heavy. So how does it get up in the sky and stay up there if it's so heavy? Well, by evaporation. How does evaporation work? Well, the water stops being water for a while and becomes water vapor. So it can rise and go up and not stay down where it is. Well, then, how does it get back down from up there? That process is called condensation. And condensation works when the water starts becoming water again by gathering around little dust particles. If the dust is too big, it doesn't work. And if it's too small, it doesn't work. Well, what size must the dust be? The dust must be somewhere between one ten thousandth centimeter wide and one one hundred thousandth centimeter. That's small. And anything bigger or smaller just doesn't work. Okay, what about the salt? Salt? Yes, the oceans are full of salt water, which would kill the crops. So what about the salt? Well, the salt has to be taken out. The evaporation process actually handles this seamlessly, evaporating only the water and none of the salt, even though the salt is completely dissolved in the water when it starts. So let's recap where we are. The sky picks up a billion pounds of water from the sea, takes out the salt, carries the water or whatever it is when it's not water, for hundreds of miles, and then after it turns into water again, dumps it out on the crops. Okay, that's rain, when the sky dumps the water onto the crops. Well, not quite. The sky can't just dump it. If it dumped a billion pounds of water on the crops, they would all be crushed and useless. So the sky dribbles the billion pounds of water down in little drops. Dribbles? Yes, the drops have to be big enough to fall for a mile or so without evaporating and small enough to keep from crushing the grain stalks. Well, how do all these microscopic specks of water, which weigh a billion pounds, get heavy enough to fall? Well, that's called coalescence. What's coalescence? It means the specks of water start bumping into each other and join up and get bigger and bigger. And when they're big enough, they fall. It works just like that? Well, not exactly, because if there were no electric field present, the specks of water would just bounce off each other instead of joining up. Electric field? Yes, 
there has to be both negative and positive electrical charges on the little specks so that they join together to make raindrops. Okay, so that's rain. Well, no, that's not all. If the drops start falling as soon as they are heavier than air, they would still be too small not to evaporate on the way down. They have to wait to come down until they're big enough not to evaporate on the way down. And there's a name for that too. But perhaps this is enough for today so that we can recognize by any measure, rain itself is a great and marvelous thing that God has done. And this is but one of thousands of great and wonderful works that our great God keeps uh, around us every day, which go largely unnoticed. Think of the wind that keeps the air pure and cross-pollination of the flowers and the atmosphere that filters the burning sun and so much more. And most importantly, let us recognize it is the Lord Jesus Christ ruling and reigning who reveals himself to us even here. Colossians 1.17 tells us he is before all things and in him all things hold together. It is our Lord Jesus Christ who superintends all creation to keep it serving mankind, even creating the rain. So brethren, I hope this example encourages us to pray, to pray with thanksgiving and wonder for all that God does for us and in recognition that he has power enough to work a great worldwide revival, bringing millions into his kingdom in our day. Amen.